Welcome to Real Health, Real People. I'm Heather Crawford. And I'm Sarah Frappier. And we're here to talk about real health for real people. Is it over? Hello. Hello. It's an early one for us today. By early, we mean recording at 10 (laughs) a.m., which is early for us. Uh, I've been up since earlier. Yeah, me too. You know, my functioning part of my brain doesn't really become (laughs) activated until 10, so. But as we get into this topic, I'm sure things will get more lively. Oh, yeah. I think Sarah's going to get a little feisty today. I don't know. The struggle's real with this one. (laughs) But this is Sarah. I'm Heather. And this is Real Health, Real People. For those of you that didn't know what you were getting yourselves into. (laughs) (sighs) And we have a really good topic for you today. It's, again, another one of those that's really dense. It is. And there's lots of information out there about it, research, anecdotal, and scientific. Yeah. Like, just volumes of info. So we're going to try and keep it at a reasonable length because we don't want to be talking all day long. Yeah, I gotta go to the pool. <laughs> yeah, Heather's going to the pool. And I have to get ready for a trip. Going out on trip to out of town. That's my song. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but we are talking about the ketogenic diet. Ooh, have you heard of it? Because it's everywhere. Yeah, if you haven't heard of it, I don't know what to tell you. But I'm just saying a lot. I mean, it's being promoted a lot. A lot, and especially, I don't know, in the recent couple, one or two years maybe, it's like really taken hold and really blown up, but it's been somewhat recent. Not that the concept of the diet hasn't been around for a while. Right. It's just, you know, like some popular trainers are jumping on board, I don't know why recently, but yeah, really promoting it. Um, So what is the ketogenic diet, Mm. Heather? It is. I was like not prepared for that question. <laughs> I just like and throwing it at you, like cutscene to Heather. So the ketogenic diet is a low carb diet. Um, you eat good protein and lots of fat, but you really limit your carbs, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like think if you're familiar with the Atkins diet. Think right, Atkins right. diet. Plus, plus fat. fat. Yeah. Because Atkins diet was high in protein, extremely low in carbs. And this is basically moderate in protein, extremely low in carbs, but very high, high in, fat. in fat. Which I'm a fan of fat. <clears throat> right. Like we want our good fats. But basically the whole concept is as the carbs are reduced and fat is increased, the body enters a metabolic state called ketosis. Ketosis. Ketosis, which is basically the body turning fats into ketones. And it's a metabolic state that occurs when carbohydrates are in such low quantities that your body relies almost exclusively on fatty acid oxidation and ketone metabolism to produce our energy. Right. So it's basically, and I this term just brings up so much, is hacking our biology. So we're forcing our body into this state of metabolism called ketosis, which is actually like our bodies go into this mode if we're basically starving. Like it's like a starvation mode metabolism. It freaks me out. Because it's an efficient way of converting fatty acids, but it's solely 
um, breaks down the fatty acids and ketogenic amino acids. And this supplies the energy to organs, particularly the brain. There's a lot of emphasis on the brain. Yeah. And we'll get into that in a little bit later. But it says it happens under circumstances such as fasting. And, you know, so basically it's mimicking our body being in a fasting or starvation mode where you are not giving it. To me, that says, like, I'm not giving my body enough of what it needs. Right. Um, Well, and I think it's become so popular because they feel like, you know, by raising your ketone levels, your body will be able to use your body fat as energy. So, like, in your mind, that translates to weight loss. Right. We're burning the fat from our body. And then that's going to create definitely weight loss. And this is definitely, like, a lot of the studies we're going to talk about, they were done in people... With, that are obese with right. at, least a B, at least a BMI of over 40 because they have a lot of body fat to burn. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that a lot of – I mean, most people – I mean, we're supposed to have some percentage of body fat. Yeah, like, yeah, our yeah. bodies are supposed to have body fat for, you know, you know, situations where we need it. And there are incidences where, you know, our bodies burn fatty acids, yeah. like, at the onset of exercise, but it's for a brief period of time before exactly. we move into, yeah, like, yeah. aerobic or anaerobic metabolism levels – but basically, like, it's also ketosis has been described as basically a sur- survival strategy or mechanism that our bodies have when yeah. we're in instances where we don't have access to a lot of food for a period of time um, and we can still survive. But the problem is that, you know, there's a danger about this because you can go into a state of what's called ketoacidosis. Yeah. Have you? Well, I watch. My husband and I have a lot of fun at night. We watch the Game Show Network a lot. <laughs> but there's so many commercials for, like, diabetic drugs. And they always, there's always that word. That caveat for ketoacidosis. ketoacidosis. Which is basically, when you have insufficient ketogenesis, it can cause hypoglycemia in excessive production of ketone bodies. So when there's an excessive amount of ketone bodies you can get dangerously high blood sugars Mm. and it can change the normal function of your internal organs like your liver and kidney and if you don't get prompt treatment for this you could go into a coma or die like this is when you hear about people going into diabetic comas this is basically your body being in ketoacidosis which is a life-threatening condition and your body is not making enough insulin And your blood sugar is skyrocketing. And it can happen in as quickly as 24 hours. So most likely, like Heather said, the diabetes is like it occurs in people with type 1 diabetes. It can occur in those with type 2 diabetes if you aren't managing your diet and insulin properly. So basically, this diet keeps you on the borderline of ketosis and ketoacidosis. Like it's Mm. a – to me, that is a fine line you are walking – and not being a medical professional yourself, like, how are you supposed to monitor that? Right. And even people without diabetes. Now, I know people without diabetes are not checking their blood glucose right. levels every single day. No, I'm definitely not. And diabetics, they check them, like, multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're basically putting yourself into a state where you're messing with your insulin levels, mm. but you're not checking your blood glucose level right. on a daily basis. That's and sick. if you're just... Like, the way that they're promoting this diet, which is just, I don't understand, like, trainers and health people are promoting it just as a blanket for everyone type of diet. Right. 
There's no like medical monitoring, education on the fact that this messes with your blood sugar. <laughs> right. Like on everyday blush, people might not realize like this is messing with my blood sugar. Like they are just like, oh, my I body's burning weight. more fat. Yeah. Like. Well, that's what's scary is people will do anything to lose a little bit of weight. And they, they just don't even consider, oh, I might die <laughs> from ketoacidosis. Right. And, and I also, I want to say, like, when I went into this topic, like, I've heard of the ketogenic diet. I didn't know really anything about it. Right. So I went into this research very non-biased, very open, just like, hey, what is this? What's going on? And as a biochemist, all I had to read was, like, just a few things when it started talking about ketosis and ketoacidosis. Right. And you're like, red and flag, hacking your biological system. And very quickly I went, wait a minute. <laughs> wait. What is happening? <laughs> like this yeah. is completely bypassing certain metabolic systems in our body and forcing our body to use one type of metabolism. Yeah. Which our bodies were not meant to do. And we've talked about it before. Anytime you're forcing your body to do something, it's not naturally supposed to do. Exactly. Biochemically or biologically. Like you're screwing with the system. Yeah. Well, and then what happens when you stop eating that way? Like, do you have to eat that way forever? Right. (laughs) And we're quickly going to get into talking about the fact that there are no long-term studies on the effects of keeping your body in ketosis for an extended, sustained period of time. No. What was the longest study? 24 weeks. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, we have no idea what happens if you right. do this long term. If you're doing this for a year or right. two years or what have you. And, I, and to me, like, the fact that it's a survival mechanism for starvation or fasting, I'm like, you're keeping your body in basically a starvation survival mode. Right. For long periods of time, if not more, that people are saying, well, I'm keto for life. I mean, there's tons of podcasts. Like, I was looking at podcasts. I listened to a couple that people that just are singing its praises, and it's boggling my mind. Right. Because I feel like these people, like some of them, especially with their credentials, I'm like, you should know better. Like, how are you promoting this? Well, and like a lot of things I saw were promoting that it like gives you more brain clarity. But if your body is in a state of survival, there's no way that your brain is more clear and ready <laughs> to be Well, and there there are a lot of studies on the brain. And the reason is because our brain can definitely use the fats yeah. to metabolize. Like we are, we talk about how like the brain uses omega-3s and we need yes, fat we for need our brain. Fats. Um, And it happily drives energy from ketones and can actually be protective against such variety of brain diseases. And this is where the ketogenic diet like originally came into play a long, long time ago, not as a solution for weight loss or in terms of like overall health. It was specifically came into play for children with seizures. Right. Epilepsy. Epilepsy Mm -hmm. as an alternative to certain medications. So there's lots of studies on the benefits of it for epilepsy. Yeah, because it ketogenic ketones, sorry, can serve as an alternate energy source to maintain normal brain function metabolism, and it can be more efficient than glucose, providing more energy per unit oxygen used in the brain. And increases number of mitochondria in the brain, which are basically energy factories. So 
you're basically stimulating and promoting, yes, certain brain functions. But again, over sustained long periods of time, like that's not factoring in what it's doing to the rest of your body. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's inhibiting major sources of neuronal stress. Kind of, they said, acting like a blueberry where it's increasing oxidants or sorry increasing cellular things that combat right right the oxidants yeah so it's an antioxidant like blueberries and other berries i had blueberries in my smoothie this morning Mm, tasty i had strawberries (laughs) i love the summer fruits i had strawberries and i have mangoes and cherries are in season can you imagine going on a diet where you can't eat fruit yeah, because that's the thing. It restricts high in carbs, so you're basically discouraged from eating any fruit. Like, oh my god, And certain higher-carb vegetables. So, to me, I'm like, okay, this diet is telling me <laughs> don't eat fruit and certain vegetables. Right. The two things on the planet we know we're supposed to eat. Yeah, and you're supposed to be able to eat in just unlimited quantity right like you should be able to just eat as many vegetables as you want like i'm pretty sure that eating a bunch of celery <laughs> isn't <laughs> going to make you gain weight yeah and there it is certain higher carb vegetables and they don't include fiber so they say fiber is fine but i mean mainly the staple foods are meat fish butter eggs cheese mm-hmm. heavy cream oils nuts oh avocado seeds and low carb vegetables okay first of all just reading that list Y'all need to go back and listen to our dairy episode because mm-hmm. they are very highly promoting things like cheese and milk and butter. Heavy cream. Heavy cream. Yeah. And then nearly all carb sources are eliminated. So basically no grains, rice, beans, potatoes, sweets, milks, um, cereals. So it's, it says no milk, but milk products right? like butter, eggs, heavy cream. No cereals, no fruits, and like I said, no higher carb vegetables. So this is this is your diet. This is what they're promoting as a healthy diet. So again, red flags yeah. for me all over the place with that. Well, even like as trainers, so a question we get all the time is, can we eat bananas? Because I heard they're really high in sugar. And that always just makes me laugh so hard because I'm like, um, it's a banana. Right. Yes, you can eat it. And again, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, the sugars and blood glucose, but we also, again, talking about like, well, fruits come with their own fiber. Right. And yes, like if you're eating maybe nothing but bananas and you have diabetes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, but it's like, you know, so a little bit of common sense and not just a little, but most people, like if you use common sense when you're thinking about what you're putting in your body and we all know, yes, I have a tendency towards higher blood sugars. Okay. Well then maybe, yeah. Maybe you eat half a banana. Eat a certain (laughs) moderate level of fruit, but in no way, shape, or form would I tell anyone to eliminate fruits and vegetables from their diet. Like, there's just, that's not something I would ever recommend to anyone. Because, again, there's so many benefits of phytonutrients and all that. And Well, a whole other podcast just on the difference between sugar and actual fruit yeah. That's two totally different In terms things. of like added sugars or right. natural sugars. And, you know, our body does need these things. But um, kind of going back to the brain where this was originally discovered, like back in the 1930s, like for brain research, they put ketone bodies. They originally looked into, at it in rabbits. 
and it prevented chemically induced seizures by inhibiting glutamate release. But the precise mechanism at that time was very unclear. Like they weren't exactly sure why it was doing what it was doing. But in these models of epilepsy, basically adding ketones decreased seizure. And so they started using it as in addition to or in place of certain anti-seizure medications to protect the brain. Yes. And then that that led to some other studies, like more recent years, about putting it in some elderly patients, like putting them on a ketogenic diet. And they they did show some improved verbal memory performance compared to a high-carbohydrate diet. Mm -hmm. So they were comparing, like, super high-carb versus this ketogenic. They did show in a study at the 152 patients with mild to moderate Alzheimer's disease that those on a ketogenic diet versus a placebo showed improved cognitive function, um, which correlated with the level of ketones in the body. So if they had higher ketones, right. their, their cognitive mm-hmm. was improved. Well, that's all really exciting. Right. But and take note, it's in very specific populations right. of people. It's being used as a medical treatment monitored, monitored. by doctors. Yeah. Yeah, and I like I'm just wondering how it went from there to like the ma- like to the masses. Right. <laughs> like all of a sudden it became yeah. like like this is what everyone should do or if people are saying that. And again, these studies were done um short term. So like a yeah, 6 yeah, week yeah. study and this one was the other one, the Alzheimer's one was a 90 day study. So, so it's a very short-term yeah. solution or treatment. Exactly. It wasn't for a lifetime. <laughs> right. A lifestyle. Um, and I'm thinking, too, like, you know, there's been low-carb diets forever, for a long time. But I think people, like, they just assume, like, with this diet, like, low-carb, no fruit, you know, some vegetables. But that's not mostly the carbs that people are eating. You know, most people are eating junk carbs. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, if I say to cut out some of those carbs to a client, it, it's always focused on fast food or, you know, Little Debbie snacks. <laughs> like, right. whatever it is that they're eating. Cakes and cookies junk. and candy bars. Right, yeah. Like, that are introducing all of these, you know, added sugars right. and because, all of that. you know, everybody knows that stuff is bad for us. So, I'm just, in my brain, I'm trying to figure out how we went from reduced junk carbs to... Reduce all carbs. Well, part of it may have been this study that was done, and it was published in Nutrition Metabolism out of um, Rome, Italy. This doctor, Gianfranco Capella, an associate professor of surgery, was looking for alternatives to basically like um, gastric bypass and what's the other surgery that they do for waste? Life? It's not just, it's Begins with right. a B. Um, bio bariatric. Bariatric, yeah. yeah. Um, so he was looking for people that were extremely obese, a way for them to not have to get these surgeries. These surgeries so right. I mean, he did this huge study. It was published in 2012 in that journal, using the ketogenic or ketogenesis basically right. as a treatment for, and he used like 19,000 patients. Mm, that's now. Huge. The thing about this study is it mainly focused on, like, reducing carbs and introducing protein. There's no mention of 
increasing fat levels as well. Yeah. Like that kind of, I'm not sure where that adapted in later over the past right. five years. But he, these patients were on a very tightly regulated yes. doctor monitored situation where they basically added, attached them to this external portable pump. They weren't eating anything. It was oh, all being was all... infused, okay. this biological protein, whey protein, causing a mild ketoanemia, eliminating hunger and reducing loss of lean body mass while the patients were losing weight rapidly. And they, that's what he named this approach, ketogenic internal, E-N-T-E-R-A-L, internal nutrition, so basically can. But patients with type 1 diabetes, renal failure, heart failure, hepatic failure, history of cardiac arrhythmias, severe eating disorders, or who were pregnant or lactating, and we've always said we are not a fan of diets that you can't do right. if, if you're pregnant and if you're pregnant or lactating, or under all conditions of health. Like, right. They were all excluded because they felt it was too dangerous for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they were caught required to monitor their glucose minimum of three times daily. They were also given a supplement providing RDA recommendations for all vitamins and essential minerals and polyethylene glycol to be taken at certain increments. And they would do this for like 10-day cycles. So they would go on this pump for 10 days, then go off of it to put your body back in normal metabolism, Mm -hmm. and then you could go back on it and then back off it. And they monitor these patients. And they did stay that it's good for like one year results of weight maintenance and a new approach to obesity treatment and more effective than like these surgeries. Right, okay. So thinking about that is like being, this is published and it's like, I mean, think about that. Like you're using a pump, it's tightly regulated, you're monitoring, like if you have these criteria, you're excluded, like you have to be extremely obese. Like that is a very specific population of people and also um short term yeah and like it doesn't include this high fat there isn't this high fat component right so you know it's almost more like but that it did they were focusing on how it puts your body in ketosis so maybe and that was in 2012 so maybe that became like a bridge bridge, of people saying oh for obesity you can put your body in ketosis And then, like you said, that logic of, well, it's burning fatty acid. Let's give our body fatty acid to burn. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and here's the thing, though. Like, I don't know any overweight people on that is doing the ketogenic diet. Everyone that I know personally doing it are fit people. Right. And you actually talked to some of I them. I did, yeah. <clears throat> I have um, some friends. It's a husband and wife couple. And... I saw on Facebook that they were doing it and were having um, good results. So I was like, let me talk to them. So I just, you know, asked them a few questions. So I said, why did you decide to try the keto diet and how long have you been on it? Um, And this is the wife answering here. She said, I'd been trying to lose weight for several months and I had reached a plateau. Again, she is not overweight. (laughs) She's a normal um, sized person. Um, But nothing I tried was working. For all my effort, including exercise, I was just maintaining my weight. So my husband suggested that we try the keto diet together. She says, I also have a friend who had been singing the praises of keto for about a year. So I said yes. So they started the first week in February. So what is this month? We're in June. We just started June. So for about four months they had. Been so a shorter term. Yeah. Um, 
I asked, do you feel it's been an easy way to live? And she says yes and no. The first couple of weeks were really challenging. Um, just learning what foods were included that they were allowed to eat. They were searching for recipes that would work for their whole family because they have kids too. Um, she said, but after a while, it became more routine and required less prep and planning. But she said the biggest challenge was eating out because they like to eat out as a mm -hmm. family. And restaurant menus tend to offer so many options that are loaded with carbs, but only have one or two side dishes that meet that low carb criteria. So it was hard to eat out. But she's like, but we saved money because we had to eat out at home. Yeah, yeah they had, couldn't eat out as much. So I asked, what positive effects have you noticed? And she said, weight loss, exclamation point. So um, that was her primary goal. But she had noticed also, she says, less inflammation, fewer PMS symptoms, less bloating, and a smaller appetite. When she's in ketosis, she needs much smaller portion sizes and rarely snacks between meals. And then um, the husband says that he noticed a more sustainable energy, like less ups and downs, and he seems to have better performance during his workouts. And I asked, what negative side effects have you noticed? And they said none. <laughs> and, oh, do you intend to continue this long term? And she said yes, but she plans to do it more moderately. Um, so she was really strict in the beginning because she was focused on weight loss, but now she plans to add in more carbs like fruit. And alas, I also asked, what kind of research did you do on the safety of this diet before getting started? And she says that she spoke extensively with someone that had been on it for a year and researched online, reading many personal accounts, as well as health and wellness sites. So mainly anecdotal rather yeah. than I mean, just like we would all do, just yeah. Google it. You know? Yeah, just looking at it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting he said about the improved physical performance. Right. Because in, in a journal I saw, Nutrition and Metabolism 2004, they looked at ketogenic diets specifically with physical performance and showing that therapeutic use of ketogenic diets um, doesn't necessarily require constraint of just some physical labor and recreational activity, but with the caveat that anaerobic, basically weightlifting, sprinting, right, any right. kind of performance gets limited by the low muscle glycogen levels induced by this ketogenic diet. And so they strongly discourage its use under most conditions of athletes or competitive right. athletes. Well, and, and he is an athlete. Like mm -hmm. he's a CrossFit athlete and yeah. he's super fit. So like, I feel like he would fall into that category. Right. Where they're really discouraging. Yeah. Because your your muscles aren't necessarily having the glycogen levels that they need. And so, again, maybe it's it's one of those things that I become concerned where maybe short term yeah. you see some of these effects. But just in my mind and rationally and logically thinking about the science, like keeping your body in that starvation mode right. for an extended period of time. I mean, I just feel like there's going to be all of this stuff coming out after a couple of years of people that are having some serious having some, cons yeah. consequences, some serious health consequences from keeping their body in this state. Well, something I noticed that she said was less PMS symptoms, which is awesome. But we know that like when you like athletes, when they're overtraining and not eating right, that they can even like lose their periods. Yeah. Your cycle can go away. Yeah. And it happens at a lot of like teenage girls that are like super, super competitive, athletic, right. athletic. Yeah. Athletes. So I feel like that may be something long-term because like your body's in this 
yeah, state of starvation. Like, can it keep doing what it's supposed to do? But I also, you know, she said, yes, she plans to do it long term, but she's going to do it more moderately, adding in more carbs. So it wouldn't then technically still be, you know, in ketosis if you're adding Right, back you would in keep your carbs. body maybe borderline yeah. on the op- other end of ketosis. But yeah, I just mm-hmm. feel like... You're walking such a fine line between being in normal metabolism and ketosis and then not going into ketosis to the point where you put yourself in ketoacidosis. Yeah. Well, I read this this one article on how to get started um, on a ketogenic diet, and it's like very first it says, if you want to try a ketogenic diet, we recommend consulting a registered dietitian and speaking with your healthcare provider. Right. Like, they're giving that warning of, you need to monitor this. Like, it's not something to just be gone into without any kind of medical Right, and, like, we're trainers, and I would not feel comfortable telling someone to do this because I have zero medical training to... Yeah. To help you monitor any of this. So So to be promoting it as a trainer, as a lifestyle. Right. And the thing is, they're doing it blanket. They're doing it for just everyone. And clearly, in some of these studies, like, they're looking at very specific populations of people. Well, this one trainer I saw, um, his post was just like, and he's a pretty famous trainer. He was like, are you tired of counting calories? And, of course, nobody wants to count calories. Yeah. But he's like, "Um, ketogenic diet is the easiest way to lose fat fast and... Just like a blanket statement on his website to, hey, let's do this diet. But even to me, like you're not counting calories, but you're counting carbs. Carbs, exactly. It's just start, you're switching what you're counting. Yeah. And it's very restrictive. It's very restrictive. And it takes a lot of commitment. I mean, it just does. I did see um, a study um, where some registered dietitians and, you know, nutrition professionals were interviewed and their projections i mean they say if you suddenly and drastically cut carbs and people have actually seen this you could get headache bad breath weakness fatigue constipation diarrhea you know just as like these short term maybe temporary like that's what people talk about in the first few weeks maybe you experience these like kind of like detox symptoms or whatever um but then they say like just looking at the science behind it Restricting carbohydrate intake so much that in the long term it can result in like vitamin or mineral deficiencies, bone loss, gastrointestinal disturbances, and may increase risks for various chronic diseases. And I did find, which this was scary to me, is that there are certain types of cancer. Now this isn't like blanket on all cancers because each cancer is different different, in its genetic composition. But... um, there was a study done in Cell Cycle magazine in 2010 where it was basically looking at ketones can actually stimulate tumor growth and metastasis of breast cancer xenografts using that breast cancer xenografts as a model system. So basically these types of tumors are using ketones as fuel. Mm. So if you're vastly increasing the amount of ketones in your body... Then you're you could tumor. be fueling yep. if there are cancer cells already existing in your body, like because to an extent, all of us have yeah. some we certain have cancerous some. cells because they're basically cells that have mutated. Now that doesn't mean that they're going to grow and become malignant and right, all right. of that. Like, but if you are then providing those cells with a substance they can use, yeah, to, to proliferate rapidly yeah. and grow and you know conglomerate, you could be fueling some tumor growth and metastasis. 
as well as a study that was done, published in Cell Metabolism in 2012, again, showing that there was a power surge where basically supporting cells were fueled mm. by ketones. And this that was in prostate cancers. Yeah, so those are scary. So that's, you know, the findings explain why diabetic patients have an increased incidence of cancer because they have naturally right, an increased ketone. ketone production. So they have a tendency towards autophagy or mitophagy in their adipose tissue. And so, like, people with diabetic diabetes, are they already are at higher risk. Right. Because of this increase in ketones, which their bodies are doing as a misregulation of their system, mind <laughs> exactly. you. But we're voluntarily, people on ketogenic diets are putting their bodies in a state of, right. like, imbalance, mm. in, increasing these ketones. So just something else to consider is that you're introduce, introducing an element of you could right, be right. providing a, a more friendly environment for cancer cells. Well, this this is a lot of information. And I just want to go back to something that we always say. And it's just, health is simple, y'all. Like, mm-hmm. we don't have to make it this complicated. Like, this is a lot of work and thinking and it may or may not do anything good for you. <laughs> you know, it doesn't look like it does anything good for you. And with the exception of, yes, there is have been studies shown in obese patients yeah, yeah. in and, these studies that the they lose body fat. Yeah. But, but we know, like, it, it's simple. Like, we need to drink water. We need to eat whole foods. We need, like... Sarah said, we need fruits and vegetables. Like, that's what our body needs. We need to sleep and we need to move our body. Right. Like, that's it. And anytime I feel we are told to eliminate food, food groups, groups. Yeah. And I'm not talking about, like, like cake and candy bars right. and junk food. That is <laughs> not a food group, yes. people. That is junk. That's junk. That is not even food it at this point. It is a food-like substance. It is processed. <laughs> it is artificial. It's Pumped full of chemicals. That is not a food group. We're talking about like natural foods. Like plants are grown in the ground or on trees or, you know, berry bushes or whatever. Like that is, that is coming from the earth. Like, and those are considered, that is a food group. Right. You know? So it just kind of, I don't know. I I just feel. I just feel, yeah. <laughs> like, it just, I'm just kind of, like, in disbelief at some point. That, well, I just, I know that people are desperate. They are. Everybody's looking for that one thing that's going to make them lose weight and feel and be amazing. But you already are amazing, first of all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. second, like, you don't have to do this crazy stuff. You can keep it so simple and be your healthiest you. Yeah. Like, the whole goal is to be healthy from the inside out. Yeah. And I feel like if we are trying to hack our body's biology, we're basically trying to force it into certain states of metabolism or energy production. We're not giving our body what it needs to function the way it was designed to function. Like, disease is basically, in its definition, it's our body being in a state of dis-ease. Like, disease, like, dis-ease, <laughs> like, like, yeah, <laughs> like, our body is in a position where it's not functioning the way it was designed to function, right. and that's what, like, inflammations, sustained inflammations, which leads to all of these, like, we talk about diseases of inflammation, 
and then, you know, diabetes and all this. It's basically our body not regulating the way it's supposed to. Right. So for me to force my body to regulate in a different way than it was designed to is going to lead to some serious consequences. Absolutely. You can't, to me, that's not sustainable or safe. Yeah, I mean, and we say all the time too, like, we are not about short-term anything. Like, there's no reason for short-term dieting. No. Like, we want to create habits that can we can sustain for life because we want to enjoy life. Yeah, we want to build healthy lifestyles. Right. It's all about building a healthy lifestyle you can carry with you and know that you're you're being safe. Yes. And maybe, in, and I'm not, you know, denying the fact that this may be used for medical treatment for brain, ca- uh, brain. brain yes. seizures or maybe in certain people that are extremely obese, but yeah. it's like carefully monitored by a doctor, you know, if it's prescribed. But just as a blanket for anyone off the street, any normal yeah. everyday person... To go on a ketogenic diet, I would highly, highly caution you. Yeah. Really, people do your research. Like, yeah, like, like a blanket Google search is not the best way, usually. No, go into like PubMed. Yeah. Or there's this other website, examine.com, mm-hmm. like, especially in terms of supplements and things like that. But like PubMed is gonna pull up those scientific peer reviewed journal articles, yeah. and you can search in keywords and just you know, take a look. And if you don't necessarily 100% understand the science behind it, you know, contact someone that you know that may have the knowledge yeah. or the, the the ability to help you kind of digest that stuff. And that's what we try to do I always here. contact Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can totally hit her up at Yeah, you can real email, health, email us. people at gmail.com. Absolutely. And I'll be happy to discuss further because there is a lot. And we probably just touched the tip but on just focusing on major <laughs> concepts. Oh, of, I was just thinking in my head too that we had a really clean episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just made it dirty. You took it there. You took it there. I was just talking out, talking oh, normal. Okay. Well, on that note, let's, um, let's wrap it up. Yeah. So again, kind of along the thing, like if it seems too good to be true, it's probably not real, and. This is like all of the claims. It's just like, just do this and it'll clean you up. You know, you'll be yeah. healthy. Mm-hmm. But there is such a risk and there, there are potentially so many side effects. So do your research. And again, reach out to us. Reach we can out. help you come up with a very simple, maybe not easy, but simple plan to get you where you want to be. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, show me the science. Yep. That's what we say, like, show me the science. We're not going to do anything that science doesn't support or that we feel is going to put you in danger. Absolutely. And this, I would just put a big, like, not even even like a debunk, but yeah, like, (laughs) warning, 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 and like a big, like, caution sign as you walk this direction because it's just, in my mind, it's dangerous. Yep. And, you know, I would be, uh, I just wouldn't do it. Yep. (laughs) I just wouldn't do it. So, um... Email us, like she said, realhealthrealpeople at gmail.com. Check us out on all social media platforms. Please read our blog. We're probably going to have more information on this. Yeah, for sure. Um, with links to articles you can look at and all kinds of other information. And there's so, always fun stuff on Real Health Real Oh, people. yeah. We like to keep it a little quirky. We were a little more serious in this episode because we were just like... it's a serious Yeah, subject. it's a serious subject when you're getting into stuff like this and really 
affecting people's well-being. Yeah. I mean, like this could really create some hazards for a lot of people if not if they're not knowledgeable and not properly guided. Yep. So that's all we have for you today. Thanks for spending your time with us. And as always, we love to hear from you. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. We should have been funnier. <laughs>